Yep. Just a few more days and 2019 is over and we will be entering 2020. But until then, please enjoy episode 10. It is the last episode of 2019. Amazing story. Please share it with someone that needs to hear it because this individual has fought and climbed his way back to the top and he is super successful. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear his story. Let me know what you guys think. You can always find me on all social platforms at process the mail mel let me know what you guys think of this episode welcome everyone to episode 10 of processing the process with myself melvin johnson this episode i'm super excited for this episode for several reasons one this is episode 10 to be able to get to number 10 is amazing for me to be able to continue to keep going this is just the tip of the iceberg. I hope to get to episode, you know, 210. But, you know, this is episode 10, but you got to start somewhere. But more importantly, this is the last episode of 2019. Ooh, yeah, lucky baby. me. Yep. Lucky me. Lucky you. Lucky you. So I'll this is the last it. episode of 2019. Say the best for last. <laughs> the best for last. Last of the decade. But, you know, I we've we've talked. We know each other. Uh, some people may have seen you in my, my most recent uh, Instagram post, uh, Ronnie, episode one, calling me <laughs> out for not getting to the gym, which is what you want out of a trainer. Hey, you got to be accountable. Show. You have to be accountable. Yeah. But, um, you know, I know you from from the gym, obviously, but I know your story. And your story is is very inspirational. I think a lot of people are going to get out of, a lot out of this. But without me telling your story too much, uh, please, Vic, introduce yourself. So my name is Victor uh, Alan Castro, and uh, I grew up in Pasadena. Uh, you know, born and raised there. Uh, always been in Houston my whole life, and um, I grew up in a in a family, a household of nothing but uh, self starters. And my dad had his own business, my mom had her own business, and so he always kept us busy. We always stayed busy. Always busy. Always busy. And that's a good place to start because I really like to start this show talking about how you grew up. Rather, you know, you grew up in an entrepreneurial type family, or it was just in your Zeitgeist, and you, you were just always thinking about how to make money, how to start a business, how to start your own business, selling candy out your backpack. But yep. so you grew up in a family where it was you've seen hard work and someone working for themselves. Yeah, well, I mean, in our family, I mean, basically, work was more important than school. Mm. I'd get home, and my dad put me to work before I did any of my own work. Really? So, yeah, straight up. And uh, he had his business in Chicago, moved down to Houston. I was born here. And, uh, yeah, I'd get home from school, six, seven years old, come home from school. We had a business that we sold to Fiestas, Kroger's, little peanuts and, uh, you know, and uh, shrimp and pumpkin seeds. We packed them and sealed them and delivered them. And, you know, it was a whole process. And so we would be minor. We would, but still at the same time, you know, we'd work for an hour. Yeah. Then we'd do our homework for another hour. And then if there was time, I'd play with my friends. And so, oh, so you had to schedule time to play with your friends. Hey, like your work was first. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I would hustle them. I was like, hey, man, you know, y'all want, y'all want me to play with y'all? Y'all want me to play with y'all? Come help me. You yeah, know? And so, yeah, help me pack this up. up. That's yeah. how I went. Hey, y'all come in. Had three or four of my friends waiting out in the garage and bring it in and they helped me out. And I was knocked out in 30 minutes instead of two hours. And Nice. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was good times. Man, I learned a lot. I, I imagine you use that, I would imagine, a lot today in your business or just the way that you think about what you do for a living and you know what you're doing now but that's an interesting fact for you to say that mm -hmm. because i think that how someone grows up can really translate into the way they approach business or just the industry that they're in mm -hmm. and knowing how to 
maybe even yeah. talk to people or... Well, on top of that, you know, it's 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 crazy because you would think that as a parent, you would want school more than work mm-hmm. or school period, no work, you know, uh, but that also affected me coming out of, uh, of high school. I dropped out in 10th grade, you know, because I focused more on work okay. than school. Let's get into that. You know, and so like, you know, I was making $30,000, $35,000 and I was... 19, 20 years old, you know, working at a call center. And I thought I was making it, you know, I thought I was rolling. All my friends are like, man, you always got money in your pocket, this and that. And, you know, and so basically, you know, before, a little bit before that, uh, my parents got divorced when I was seven. Okay. So my mom had her own business selling Spanish cassettes and CDs at the flea market. Oh, wow. So I'd help my dad during the week and then I'd go on Saturday and Sunday, help my mom. And so, man, we would we would make two thousand dollars in two days, and I mean, obviously, I get about a hundred bucks. Yeah, we, we yeah. sold if we sold a lot, we would get some buffet Chinese. <laughs> if we didn't sell that much, we were at Church's Chicken. Yeah, so the, you know when yeah. it was a good day. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, but straight up, whenever I got in high school, I mean, whenever I dropped out of high school in tenth grade, uh, I worked probably till I was like 21, 22. My friends, all went to A and M. I mean, four or five years later, let's fast forward. They're back in my town, and uh-huh. you know they got sixty thousand dollars jobs. You know they're rolling out with with new cars, and okay. I'm still beat up in my my little hoodoo. So, let's walk through this process because I want a lot of people to pick up on the information that you're dropping because it's I think it can go over people's head if they really don't pay attention and listen. Yeah. So you were in high school. Yep. And you dropped out. Yep. But you dropped out, and you were working, and you were making money. To the point that all your friends was like, oh, he's doing it. He's successful. He has X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So coming out, my dad always told me, you got to have some money in your pocket. Mm -hmm. And so that was number one. That was always number one. You got to have money in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Never be with no money in your pocket. Even if it's five, ten dollars And that mentality stuck with me. And, um, I mean, it ended up biting me in the butt. But, you know, growing up, I was also a troublemaker, you know. I was going going in and out of jail for traffic tickets I didn't pay. And so – I, I always focus on a certain concept is you, you it's difficult to be successful if you haven't failed. Mm-hmm. You know, failure is very important to any successful person. It's just a part of the process. It's a part of the process. If you're scared of failure, you're not going to grow. Absolutely. You got to do it and forget about failure and, and see where it takes you. And it's taken me all the way to a master's degree. Well, we'll get there. I know. That's cool. Yeah. See, see you guys, <laughs> people going to pick up. Like you yeah. went from, you just, you dropped a lot, but yeah. you know what you just said was was really key because there's a quote that I've really kind of been sticking to. I've heard it in, in a song by Rhapsody. She said it in one of her songs and I heard it somewhere else, but it goes a smooth sea doesn't make a skilled sailor. Yeah. Like you have to go through the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations, if you will, in order to be successful. Yeah. So at what point that did you from high school making, like you said, 30, 40,000 had money in your pocket mm-hmm. and you started to see your friends come back around after leaving college and now there's they surpassed you in in wealth i guess and making money and now it's like what what space were you in there so one of the things that i learned early on is the things that you talk about mm-hmm. if you if, if things you talk about if you talk about it you talk about it you talk about it you know and you're like man and you plan it out and you plan it out in your head you plan it out in your head and finally like i told you if you have no fear mm-hmm. you know i was like 24 25 years old and um I had a friend of mine, his name's Chris. He lives in San Antonio now. Okay. And he says, hey, I was talking to him about something. I don't know what he said. He said, hey, you know, you can go back to college if you take a test. You don't got to get your GED. You know, because I went back and tried to get my GED, and, man, I wasn't having it. You know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't focused. I wasn't focused on money still. So, so long story short, I went in, mm-hmm. 
paid a hundred dollars, took a test. Next semester, I was in school. Just so, just like that. So you're like, oh wait a minute, like, I, I did I did really good on the exam. Okay. Because I remember a lot of stuff, and literally I got a placement in, and I was like, that a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know. I that really, honestly, get, I did not know that. Yeah, you don't need a GED. Or you don't need a high school diploma to get to school. You got, as long as you did that placement test, you mm-hmm. don't get no remedials. You jump right in, and I didn't know that. And that, I mean, that was the best thing I could have done. That conversation changed my life. So that one conversation, a good friend of yours, which you guys are still friends today, yeah, puts your life in a different trajectory because you went back to school. Now, yeah. I know you brought it up. You said that you were in and out for parking tickets and things like mm-hmm. that. Was that? Before you took that test and went into school, or was that after you took the test? So between the age of uh, 12 and 18, I was in 10 different jails. Wow. Yep. All the way from Galveston, uh, you know, Texas City, Pasadena, Houston, County, you know, and I ain't even a murderer. I don't even, you know, I don't do anything. I don't, I don't, you know, do drugs. But it's just, I got the traffic ticket, throw it in the back, and it's discipline. Discipline. I like discipline going on. Okay. And, you know, and that's very important, especially in the process. Wow. Because you got to be disciplined. So you went to college, which obviously takes a level of discipline. Mm-hmm. And so what school did you go to? First and so foremost? I started out, man, that's crazy. I started out at San Jacinto College for my associates. I took one class. Uh-huh. And then summer class, I took two. Before you know it, you know, two years down the road, I took three or four, you know, two years down the road, I got an associates. So I was like, man, I was like, you know. If I stayed consistent and I did the work and I went to school mm-hmm. and, you know, I, and I just put in the work, you know, the rest of it will take care of itself. And that's exactly what it did. I couldn't believe it. My mom started crying because they're like, I'm a magical gift for the simple fact that I was untrainable. I was unteachable. I was un, I was a lost cause. Yeah. And so, I mean, they... they well, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think you got that, that discipline, at least in that small regard from starting at one class to two class? Was it just that... You did the one class and completed it and said, okay, I can do this. Let me mm-hmm. try to do two classes. Was it as simple as that? Like, what got you to say, you know what? Let me turn my life around. Let me be a little bit more consistent. Let me be a little bit more disciplined. Was there anything that happened in that time that so, turned around for you? Yeah, most definitely. The very first class was probably the most important class of, of my college career. Okay. Just because, you know, my mindset was different. My focus was different. I used to sit in the back of the class. Mm-hmm. I used to want to be the class clown. I used to want to get the attention. Okay. Coming in after that, I was in the front of the class. I got there 15 minutes early. Mm-hmm. I stayed quiet. I hung around in the uh, area where all the, the uh, tutorials. Okay. I hung around in there. I hung out two, three hours at a time in there. So you took it more serious. So I took more it consistent. more serious. More okay. consistent, you know, because, you know, uh, something clicked and said, how, how am I going to be stuck in this era when everybody else is growing and I ain't growing. How am I, if I got more resources, if I've been in business this long, how is this not going to help me in the future? And long yeah. story short, the schooling really gets you to open all doors. You know? I, yeah. And, and they can't take that away from you. Nobody can take that away from you. Absolutely. They can't. You know? They can you, talk you about completed it. Yeah. You completed it. So you got your associates mm-hmm. and then from there you went to get your bachelor's, I'm assuming. So I went to get my associates and I got it for free. Okay. So uh, my job paid for that. And then I was like, okay, now that I got this, I can't stop. I got to keep going, you know? And yeah. so by that time, I was like 25, 26. And so uh, I met somebody, uh, my wife, my ex-wife, uh-huh. and uh, I met her and she was from a different culture. And so 
they're all studying, 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 studying. So I got to a point where I ended up meeting her. We got married, and she taught me something that I didn't know. Okay, what was that? Basically is that in order for you to obtain a higher level, you have to be more disciplined. So okay. I, I got the first ground. I got the, you know, I got the tested. I built it, the little foundation. Mm-hmm. But it takes more than that. It takes more than being consistent. It takes more than that because you got to be consistent. But on top of that, you got to be more. You got to put more time because you're learning a higher education. Mm-hmm. You know, so even though you get the books, you got to actually learn it and know it and apply you know, it and too. apply it. Mm-hmm. You got to apply it. You know, and so my family, uh, they're full of accountants. My brother's an accountant. My sister's an accountant. And uh, I actually got a double bachelor's uh, coming out of U of H Clear Lake, one in finance and one in accounting. Wow. So yeah. you went from, let's just call it what it is, went from in and out of jail 10 times yep. to let me just take one class and take this test and just starting to see to finishing with a double bachelor's. Yeah. That's a that's a story in itself. That's that's a success right there. You know, and I, I was working at the time. I always worked 40 hours. So you're still working 40 hours? I'm still working 40 still hours. Work, okay. Still working 40 hours. What blew my mind one time is whenever you complete a session or a semester, you look back and like, man, I did that. Mm-hmm. I did that. You know, it felt like, good. That, that was me. Mm-hmm. I was in that class. I got that grade. Nobody mm-hmm. gave it to me. I earned it. Mm-hmm. So there was this one semester I was working at Sherwin Williams. Uh, I think it was part time, full time. I thought it was full time. And uh, we had let go of a part timer because I don't know what incident it was. And so they were like, hey, Vic, you need to work more hours. I said, fine. All right. So I was for a full semester taking four classes, which is a full full load, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And then on top of that, I was also working 60 hours a week. Oh, you went to 60 hours a week? I went week. to 60 hours a week. I did that for a full semester. A full semester. So I told myself, I taught myself mentally uh-huh. as I went, the one class I took, turned into two, turned into three, turned into four. I was like, well, if I put a little bit more discipline and give up and sacrifice a little bit more, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to get a little more. So then I set some goals short term and I went to work, got out every Sunday. That was my school day. I had, you know, and so I, I made it work. Man, let me talk about, so what's, what's crazy is because, you know, in our work, we talk a lot about owning your calendar and taking hold of your calendar and, and being accountable. And it sounds like that's kind of what you did. Like how strict were you with your calendar as far as studying? Obviously you had your set times to go to class, set times to go to work. But how strict were you at that time in your life as opposed to going out, hanging out with friends, doing other things? Or did you still make time for that as well? Like how strict were you with your calendar? So what what really helped me out a lot was uh, the simple fact that whenever I started, I had already had a year under my belt. Mm-hmm. So when the 60 hours started, then I was like, all right, it took a lot of communication with my boss and HR because I had to set it up correctly. Okay. They wanted me to do that. So, and on top of that, you had to get the right classes to fit the right schedule, to fit the right time, to fit the right program that you were mm-hmm. going to do. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if you know too much, but there's different slots for different uh, classes, but there's not very many options. Yep. Very so, aware. Yeah. Especially so with that, with that being said. I sat down every semester before, and I literally looked at it, and I said, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. When is it Friday? I'm having class. Saturday, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm doing 12-hour shifts. Saturday, 12-hour shift, and Sunday, I'm doing an 8-hour shift or or 12-hour shift. It added up to 60 hours. Wow. I was going to school three times a week. Wow. And I would would literally – I would not leave school until I was done with my homework. Oh, so you – Yeah. 
didn't take homework. Like you leave class, like let's say class was from two to three. Yep. You and you had to go to work or you were done at school for the day. You didn't go home immediately. You went to the library, studied, yep. completed the homework and got it out of the way. Got it out of the way, went to tutorials, asked questions. I got it out of the way. I got to the point. I'm not very, uh, I'm not going to say I'm not very smart. I'm very smart, but I'm not, it takes me a while to pick it up. Okay. And so I got to a point to where I was on my second semester. Mm -hmm. My first year at U of H was was done. I was on my second semester and I had a statistics statistics class. Mm -hmm. Amazing teacher. Awesome. But I couldn't pick it up. I could not pick it up for the life of me. Uh And it was at eight o'clock in the morning. So I went up to the teacher. I said, hey, true story. No BS. True story. I said, hey, do you mind if I come to your night class? Mm -hmm. He said, it's the same curriculum. And you want to come to my night class? Mm-hmm. Say, yeah. Can I come in the morning and then come back at night? You say, yeah. So you also, oh, you didn't want to switch. You wanted no. to go to both classes. I went to both classes. Okay. The whole semester, I went to both classes. That was the best thing I could have done because I learned it in the morning. He reiterated it in the evening. And while halfway through the class, I did my homework. Ah. So. Smart. You know, and I had, you have to do what works for you. Absolutely. That's, that's it right there. Do what works for you. Do what works for you. And you have to know what works for you, you know, and you have to set a plan. This is what's going to work for me. And this is what I got to do. That's good. Yeah. Man, that's good. Yeah. So you set a plan. You didn't think inside this box like, hey, I you, you thought outside the box. You knew he had a night class. You took the night class. Able to pass, obviously. And yep. it worked out. So, you know, fast forward a little bit more. So you get out of school. Yep. I know you said you got your MBA, so I'm not sure when you went back to get that. So yeah, I'm assuming you had to work in between. Before I did. You, okay, I did. I took a break. I took a break. Yeah, I took a break. I uh, I, I got out of my four year and I went to go work for uh, Sherwin Williams. Okay. Well, uh, I was I was already working for them, but I went to work as an internal auditor. So you were like I was corporate side, now. right? So I went okay. to the corporate side instead of retail. But I went to Cleveland, and it's cold in Cleveland. It's, it's cold, cold in Cleveland. Ohio. Oh man. <laughs> I was so sad. I was there for six months. I was like, man, I can't do it. I can't do it. Man, I can't do it. So I did it for six months. And I I told Sherwin Williams, great company, you know, and I told him, hey, look, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I was like, put me in your store, make me an assistant manager. And, you know, I wanted to make make sure that I had a job while I looked for a job. So, uh, but yeah, after that, I went ahead and uh, found a job Mm -hmm. as a sales rep with PPG, competitor company. Okay. And, um, I never look back, you know, as sales, is, that's my, that's my niche. You know, yeah. I like people. I love people. I love talking to people. I love learning from people. Absolutely. You know, it's just stimulates my mind when I talk to somebody that, that literally talks the jive that I talk. Absolutely. You know, and even if you don't talk the jive I talk, it's a lot of teaching too. So, you know, I got a lot of people that come to me for advice, you know, on different things, you know, cause I've done so much and I've been through so much, Yeah. you know, and which is really cool. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've done a lot. I mean, obviously here we want to kind of share as much as we can and, and highlight some of the things that you put in place, which has been amazing thus far just hearing that story. So, excuse me, now you're in PPG mm-hmm. working, at some point, you maybe thought, you know, I want to get even more of an education. You want to apply yourself even more. Yeah. So then you went back to school Actually, again. It worked out a little differently than that. Okay. So I got, I got, I got a small circle of friends. Uh, I've always had a small circle, like eight friends. Okay. And I got this one friend. His name is John Chapa. Okay. He was a uh, honor roll, uh, honorary society, uh, top of his class at A and M, and you know, and he was always, I always looked up to people like that. You know, it's like, why can't I do that? You know, and so one day we had a conversation. It all starts with a conversation. We had a conversation. And he said, uh, "He said, hey, I'm going to uh, Dubai. 
And I said, you're going to Dubai, man? Yeah. You know, I'm making, I'm 40, whatever, you know. And, yeah. you know, and he, yeah, I'm going to Dubai and, you know, this and that. And then we're going to go to Turkey. And I said, who are you going with? He goes, I'm going with my school. I said, really? He was like, what school? He's like, remember I told you, Houston Baptist University. I said, you know, I'm, I'm not knocking any, uh, I'm Catholic. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've never been to a private school at all whatsoever. Never been to any of that. Mm-hmm. And so... I was like, okay. I was like, man, they give you a free trip? I was like, yeah. I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to sign up. Right. Like, right, like literally, that. that conversation stimulated the trip. So then I was like, you know, why does my mind work like that? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, here we are. So I worked. I started my MBA probably maybe at 32, okay. 30, 31, something uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, again, you can do one class there. You had to do a full set, you yeah. know. And so, and then I was working, but I always had on the back of my mind, I want somebody else to pay for it. Okay. So I had my associates paid for mm-hmm. by Sharon Williams. I had half of my U of H paid for by Sharon Williams. Now I was at PPG. Now um, they paid about a semester. And then in that transition, I went to a sales rep at Valspar because they paid a little bit more money, mm-hmm. you know. But fast forward a little bit. They paid for the other half. So long story short, I started the MBA program and I didn't know what I did. These classes were intense. <laughs> intense. Those, those MBA classes. But they're, it's a private school. Yeah. So it's like 30 kids in there. Yeah. You know, and I'm used to University of Houston and Clear Lake. I'm taking, I mean, 200 kids. Yeah. You know, so like you're right there and they're looking at you and you really, you know, either you know it or you don't. Yeah, it's almost like high school, yeah. so to speak, as far as that, that small amount of... Man, I, yeah. I had a marketing class where I had to write a 15-page paper from my mind. Literally, like we studied and we, in class, handwrit 15 pages. Oh, wow. Handwritten. You know, I, I couldn't believe that. I was like, you want me to gargle all this and then spit it out and yeah. write on this piece of paper yeah. and you're going to understand my handwriting no laptops no nothing oh wow yeah no handwritten nothing. oh it was it blew my mind it blew my mind but I stuck to my process I stuck to my process mm-hmm. I stuck to my routine I was like it worked over here it's going to work here stayed around with tutorials hung out with smart people mm-hmm. asked a lot of questions hung out at school I can't do school up. I can't do school work at home can't I cannot I cannot I get it. I, I agree with you there because I can't. A lot of people can work from home. I can't work from home. I need to be in the office environment for me, for it, for me to digest everything and just be in the work mode. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get you when you say that. Yep. So you went. So wow. So it sounds like you kept a very strong, close knit of friends, yep. and obviously friends that were doing something. Yeah. How it sounds like that was very crucial in your process and being who you are today most definitely most definitely you know because literally just like they went to college got a four-year degree mm-hmm. i wanted to do that mm-hmm. and then one by one one went to saint thomas to get their private degree one went to rice one went to, to saint houston baptist they mm-hmm. all got their masters. i was like i want to do that yeah so i went and, and i signed up and, and i did that you know that's what i wanted to do that's what i wanted to be my, the people around my circle, they don't criticize or anything. Yeah. You know, we got some people that aren't, the degree, his name is RJ, you know, and he works as a welder and he works hard. Yeah. And so, and my brother, another one, he doesn't have a degree, but he works hard. Yeah. He works a lot. You know, he works six days, uh, you know, sometimes 12 hour days, and, you know, has one day off. And but you're kids. still around people that are doing positive things, working hard, yeah. good work ethic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And I wake up every morning, Melvin. I kid you not. I wake up every morning thanking God. I appreciate you giving me one more day. Thanks a lot. I'm going to make it happen today. You know, I'm a very positive person. Yeah. And that's also, I think, one of the things that really helped me. Absolutely. Looking at things positive, even when they're not positive, thinking about positive. And so I have a lot of energy, too. And so, you know, yeah. all, all that combined together, I had the only thing that I needed to do was figure it out. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you you figured it out. I've, yeah. I've witnessed it. I'm, I'm hearing the story. I know a little bit about the story, but learning more as we're talking here one-on-one. But, you know, this whole show obviously is processing the process, breaking yeah. down what you did to get to where you are. You know, I think people would look at you now and say, oh, he's successful. He has X, Y, and Z. Yep. Or some people may not know what you have, which is 100% fine, but they know that you're a little bit different in the way that you think about things, the mm-hmm. way that you carry yourself. Yep. Like you said, very energetic. Yeah. But hearing your story, it's like, since I've been doing this show, it's just been always been a common theme. One is like your network, which you're talking about, making sure your network, mm-hmm. talking to people, always talking to people, introducing yourself, always. not being afraid, yeah. but also being consistent. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is that you're doing, it sounds like you were always consistent yeah. with the schooling. Yeah. You know, obviously you, you learned how can I get through school without me paying very much or nothing at all, which is smart. And then it jumped into another level of consistency. Um, You know, I, I, another level of consistency, I was done with my MBA Mm -hmm. and then, you know, that, that, that throws into your personal life Mm -hmm. that throws into your, for example, we work out with Ronnie, right? Our trainer. He made you accountable today. Absolutely. Right. Next time you're probably not going to (laughs) miss, you know? And so like I've gotten to a point to where I'm so consistent that I go to a restaurant, I already know what I'm going to order before I go to that restaurant because that's what I want. And yeah. that's at my consistency level. Uh-huh. This is what I need. I know how I'm going to feel when I'm done. I know how it works out. And it's very difficult for me to for to, to, to get off of that, you know, and, and it led into that. And so I think I've created somebody that I thought I never would have become. Mm-hmm. But I took that first step. Man, first step. I took that first step. Man, you talked a lot about a a lot of great things you know if you had to boil it down and maybe it's something that you already said and you just have to reiterate it but what are some things that you know that you just did differently that led you to the success that you had today so um always have um mentors Mm -hmm. always have short-term goals and long-term goals but obtainable goals okay let's talk about that let's talk about your mentors who do you have several mentors is it one is it two like how do you view your mentors Mm -hmm. And, so uh, yeah, yeah go ahead, so I've, I've I've had I have four. Okay, vice president. Uh, his name is Ross Lyman, vice president of, of uh, retail sales North America for Sherwin Williams. Then I got um, another guy that I met, Pat Cleverly, mm-hmm. which is also a vice president uh, for uh, PPG. I always every time. Every year that we that I worked for those companies in sales, we have a national sales meeting. Mm-hmm. So I made it a point to get out of my regional bubble okay and talk to people that are higher talk to people expectations what do they need what are they working what what are you searching Mm -hmm. you know and mentors to me has been fantastic because i can pick up a phone and talk to a vice president that's already in it and say hey what am i doing wrong Mm -hmm. what's going on what what can i do better hey i'm gonna go to this interview Mm -hmm. with these people what would you ask Mm -hmm. what are the things that you would do and how would i prepare that you know because your potential is there yeah it's just a matter of making sure you're prepared for what's coming. Preparation. Preparation is just, it's just, you know, and it, and you gotta be prepared. Yeah. You can't, you can't just come in unprepared and, and expect to get results. Yeah. Man, shout out to Shakisha. She was on the show and she talked about she. Shakisha. Yep. 
uh, she's a model in New York. And uh, for those who watch, she actually um, researched those companies that she was talking to, to go, you know, the casting and everything. And she knew, you know, which kind of print they were looking for, rather you want to smiling. So she, again, just like you, and it's always been, cause that's why I like this show so much, man. It's, I hope people are listening because a lot of the stuff that people are saying is the same thing, but in a different way. It's the preparation, yeah. preparation yeah. and the same thing, like goals, like you said, short-term and long-term goals. Yeah. And is that something that you do every year? Is that something you do? Like, how do you think about goals? Is that something? So I, as I've gotten older, I actually do them. Uh, I try to do them every six months. Okay. I try to do them every six months because it takes a while for your short-term goals to hit, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what they are, mm-hmm. you know, regardless what it is. Yeah. And then um, I, I like to do my budget every three months just so I know where I'm at. So I can, so, cause, cause what I, the things that I do is I want, I want to make sure that I grow my wealth and I want to, I don't, but I need to know where I'm at. I need to know where I'm going. Absolutely. And the only way I can know where I'm at is to do it consistently throughout the year. You know, a lot of people don't know that financial side is important too, you know, in terms of, I mean, I know I'm going on a tangent, but, uh, but yeah, no, you're good. you know, but most definitely, you know, you got to know where you're at and you got to know where you're going hands down, no matter what it is. And so, you know, just to give you a little simple story uh, yeah, about what we're talking about right now, I work for a company called Sooner Container. Okay. And, um, I had my MBA. It's my first job coming out of MBA and I'm working there now. Okay. We, and so it's been the best job I ever had. So uh, I'm really, I'm really, you know, I'm like, oh my God, you know, what's, what's going to happen? How am I going to do it? Long story short, I researched just like I did. I said, Vic, stick to the plan. Yeah. Research, learn, learn the competitors of them, be prepared, go in there. Mm-hmm. And you would be surprised that the reaction I got when I was in that interview. Really? Yeah. I had the owner, I had the vice president of operations, I had HR. And I already knew them and where they came from and where they went to school at. So you knew and their background. I knew their background through LinkedIn. I just, you know, do, 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 and I wrote it down. And, and I was like, and he was like, yeah, Spencer. He's like, you're from Oklahoma, huh? Your son goes, oh, you, yeah, how'd you know? I was like, hey, you're from A&M, huh? And then you you, you went to this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and man, that icebreaker changed the conversation. The whole conversation. Whole conversation. It went from not an interview to a conversation, mm-hmm. which is exactly where I like to be. Absolutely. That's like your comfort be, zone. Like that's my comfort zone. We can talk yeah. vibe off of one another. Yep. yep. That's a, man, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's yep. one heck of a gem for anybody still in sales, yep. meeting with different clients or anyone coming out of school or just looking for a new, a new job, want to interview, mm-hmm. apply that, like do some research, yep. try to figure out how to make it a conversation and less of an interview if possible. Yeah. And so uh, with that being said, you know, I got the job and, you know, I even had some power to pull in terms of like, you know, I need this bonus too, you know, cause this and that, and, Yeah. you know, I, I would assume once you get to a certain level, you want to know what you're worth. Correct. So if you want me, I mean, I know what I'm worth. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to need you to understand that. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why I'm worth that. Yeah. And then, you know, we're going to talk about it. And so, but yeah, I've actually built a resume of things that I know that can back up what I can bring to the table. And without that first step, I would have never done that. I would have never done that. I yeah. would have never, I would have gone live probably working at the plants. Yeah. In Pasadena staying there, you know, you know, stagnant. And so, but family too, 
family is important. We're tight. Absolutely. We're real tight knit. I know your family is yeah, very tight. Really, really tight knit. You know, we, Hey, you're messing up. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're not doing this right. This doesn't look right. Let's talk sometimes too much. <laughs> <laughs> it can be too much, sometimes but having that much. accountability from your friends, uh-huh. accountability from your uh, family, mm-hmm. um, yeah. accountability from our trainer, yeah. obviously, you know, I, I get called out. I, I put it out there because, yeah. you know, accountability is something that is key. And if you're accountable to yourself and those around you, I think that you are in the right track to be successful in whatever it is that you're doing. I think you owe it to yourself. Yeah. You owe it to yourself to be accountable because people depend on you. Whether you think they do or not, another funny story. There's a guy that we work out with named Sal. Mm-hmm. He talks a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So I post a lot of different stuff on Instagram, you know, you know, this and that. But he came up to me one day. He said, hey, you didn't post your Starbucks coffee picture today. Mm. What's going on? And I said, the next day, guess what? I'll put that Starbucks picture <laughs> every day. You know, yep. and what and that what I'm trying to say is he made me accountable on a very, very low scale, but it's accountable. Absolutely. Because people are probably depending on you. They people are. are probably dependent on that laugh. They're probably dependent on that smile. They're probably dependent on, you know, whatever it is. Oh man, Victor's always got that joke, puts yeah. me right, right yeah. when I go to work. Yeah. You don't know who you're gonna who you never don't know. know. You know, you don't know. Man, you never know. That's yeah. that's Man, that's a jewel. I'm I'm saying that because I can think how that applies to me in so many different ways from, you know, we, and I, I'm thinking out loud, but we're on social media and there's a lot of things that I probably scroll through and I appreciate and I like and it's motivation when I need it, mm-hmm. but I might not every time like it or comment, mm-hmm. although I'm still looking for it. Just like you just said, like you're looking for, it, you need, like you just, yeah. it's there. You just, you just mm-hmm. need it. Reason with like this podcast. I mean, I put it out every week. I'm accountable to myself. I'm accountable to anyone that's watching, that's fans and family members that that want to watch. And accountability is is key. Well, another thing too is you know uh, uh, when I saw Ronnie's uh, podcast, I was like, man, that sounds really positive. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be a part of that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you you attract as as I mean, you probably don't know it indirectly. You attract good. You attract positive people. Yes. You attract that. If you put yourself in that atmosphere, you attract that. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's why you get all these awesome people that come in here and do these interviews, you know, because I mean, what did I work out with you? Maybe ten times? Yeah. And then we had one one conversation at Corner Bakery. Yeah. And here I am. Yep. You know, and then we're gonna be friends forever. Absolutely. You know, and so with that being said, you know, um, you just never know what's going to happen, where somebody's going to go, what somebody's going to do, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and I'm just ready for new adventures. I'm ready for new ventures. I'm ready for joint ventures. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so you get a room of a lot of powerful people. I mean, you don't know what can come up out of that. You don't know what's come up. Yeah. Man, speaking of that, you know, I'm about to close out the show. And again, thank you for being here. Episode 10, closing out 2019, about to go into a new year. Uh, but like I always do at the end of the show, I always want to ask. You know, is there anyone that is on your radar from a business level that you want to meet on a business level, rather it's for work, rather it's, you know, that person can help you in your career, whoever that is. Is there anybody that you would like to meet? And it's a two part, one question, two parter. You can also apply that to a personal. So you can pick two people or however many you want. But is there anyone personally, just selfishly, you're just a fan of that person. You just want to pick their brain. You just want to fan out a little bit. So is there anybody in business, anybody personal that you want to meet? We want to put that into the atmosphere and, and speak it to existence. So most definitely. So uh, I, like I said, we always got our mentors, mm-hmm. but you also got to have your role models. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and so, you know, I don't know how far fetched it is, but um, Drake is one of the people I would like to meet just for the simple fact that, you know, he, he came from a, a totally different diverse thing and made it what he had to do mm-hmm. and then flipped it. And now he's like the best thing that ever happened. And so I would like to ask him, you know, a lot of different questions in terms of, you know, how, what made you, what made you try to do this? What made you try to do that? But I, I, I really focus on a lot of, of what he does just because, not because he's popular, mm-hmm. but just for the simple fact that, you know, he came from Nickelodeon, something that's, you know, to like, he's a really pop and now he's yeah, owning you know, jets. He's in jets yeah. and, you know, what else he's, whatever else he's into. And so the diversification of him really is dynamic for me because I like diversity. You know, I don't, I mean, I just liked a lot. And so to, to answer your question, I would like to meet him, which is, very, very, very close to maybe. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we ain't make, talking about that. We gonna make but, it happen. Uh, but in the business sense, um, not really. I, I really don't. I really don't have no inspirations of, of just because I've grown up in it. Okay. And then uh, I've grown up in a lot of different businesses, and 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 it, it's it's came up and it's come down, and business is just a cycle of what you've learned. And, and then what you do and then what demand is out there and what supply is out there. It was funny because one last, one last story. Yeah. So a teacher of mine said, are you here for a business degree? It was a professor at, at, at Houston Baptist University. Are you here for a business degree? He was in education. I said, yeah, I'm excited. You know, I think it was like my first semester. He's like, yeah. He was like, you know, it's not that much. You know, business degree is supply and demand. Then you get your net worth and you're, I mean, you're, you're gross and you're out. And I said, I said, what do you mean? He's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I thought about that. And, you know, I thought about that. And I was like, well, I mean, you're right. I mean, you sell something, you get, you cut your expenses and you get X amount. Mm-hmm. Some hypothetically, you yeah. know, but at the same time, you know, it's funny that somebody at that caliber could just downplay it that, that yeah. low, yeah. you know, and that just right there automatically says, okay, maybe he's a teacher because he doesn't like or understand a lot of the stuff or whatnot, mm-hmm. but you know, but, but yeah, most yep. definitely, man. Well, I appreciate you coming, man. Let's let this Drake happen. I, I feel like it's close. It's going to happen. But, man, if it can happen because of this show or or the or – Come on, just Ron. The, yeah, something's <laughs> happening. Something's going to happen. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. But, man, if, if anybody is interested – and you don't have to give it out if you don't want to. If anybody interested in, in following you and your story, your journey, or have a question because they, they just want to – get more information about what you talked about. Yep. Is there any way for them to get in contact with you or reach you or don't yeah, have to? Yeah, but. for sure. Okay. Yeah, you can always reach me on Instagram, Vic23, Vic23. Uh, I'm always available. Uh, my phone number is on LinkedIn, Victor Allen Castro. Uh, you want to reach out to me through my email, it's on my LinkedIn as well. Okay. Um, you know, there's another segment. We'll talk about it later, but it's a real estate segment. We'll talk about that later that I would like to uh, bring in and there's a lot of, lot of ways to make money. Absolutely. You just got to pick one and, and, and go with it. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. And, man, tune in. Next episode, we're going to be episode 11. It's going to be 2020. It's going to be live. It's going to be live. But nonetheless, thank you guys. Happy New Year to everyone out there. And see you guys next week. Appreciate it. Thanks, Melvin. Man, thank you. You got it. Yes, that is the way that you close out 2019. Victor told an amazing story here in episode 10. I told you guys that it's super, super, super impactful. 
great information, such an inspiring story. Please share, please follow. Uh, check us again next week for episode 11. We will be in 2020. Happy New Year to you guys as it's coming upon us. I appreciate each and every one of you guys that are listening and sharing and commenting. Thank you so much. I appreciate each and every one of you. Man, happy new year. I'll see you guys in 2020. Thank you.